Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Welcome to the 590N High School Sports Show. Here's your host, powered by Texas Podcast Media, Craig Irwin, Toby Tolis, and Trent Hart. And good evening. Welcome to the 590N Sports Show. Craig Irwin, Trent Hart here in the hot box at Texas Podcast Media. Trent, how are you doing this week? Man, I am doing awesome. We had a great week of football last week. We're going to have an even better week this coming week. Uh, you know, still lots to talk about. I mean, I don't I don't care how you shape it. I mean, the, the closer and closer that we get uh, to AT&T Stadium, it's just uh, getting more exciting. No, it is getting more no, exciting as we're down to the final four in each division, the state semifinals. But, man, we had some really good um, – regional final matchups this last week and me myself I got shortchanged I didn't uh I didn't go anywhere uh for the first time in a long time I did not go anywhere for the regional championships I had an opportunity I could have but I opted to I had to work late so come on home because I was supposed to go to our bucket list stadium it's supposed to supposed to but uh you know, uh, I get life happens, work happens, and uh, we we may do there at uh, at Jacksonville without you. Uh, wish you could have been there. Obviously, uh, it was a beautiful stadium. We'll talk more about that whenever we talk about the Newton game here in a minute too. Man, and to say even more about that is kind of cross referenced as you've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Really is. Uh, You've had either myself with 590 Sports in the booth and uh, yourself with Anawak Sports Live, but yet also this week you had SETX in the box with you, which we go there a lot and with southeasttexasports.com. For those of y'all that don't know who that is, a great website down in the Golden Triangle, kind of really focuses in that area, but a great website and they do broadcasting and stuff. So you was able to get them in the booth with you uh, Friday night at the Tomato Bowl, but um man the regional championships started on friday night trent and uh there was some 2a games 2a division one and uh some 2a division two games on thursday night i said friday i meant thursday yeah. uh you had refurio and grenado and uh grenado gets the win 41 12 out of that one and then toller and marlin toller wins that one 42-19, and then Collinsville down in 2A Division Two. Collinsville and Albany played, and Albany put up 52 over Collinsville's 14 on Thursday night in those games. And, and we're not going to really elaborate on that. We're not from those areas, and uh makes it really hard for us to elaborate uh, on those it games. Does, but, I mean, the, 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 I mean, there's a couple of names out there like the Albany. Like, we, we know about Albany and what they've been able to do last – you know, a couple of years or so and always been in the mix. So no big surprise for that particular game. No, not at all whatsoever. And, and, you know, there's some other games that we're going to talk about that are more centrally located to us down here in Southeast Texas in the 
59 corridor and just kind of branching out within, I guess, really, I guess we could say a hundred miles, right. As, uh, yeah. as we look at it, but, uh, there, there was a lot of good games Friday night and, um, from big school all the way down to small school, even rolling into Saturday, a uh, game at NRG that I really wanted to go to and, uh, didn't get, I, I should have went to that game, but I was just absolutely wore out uh, Friday by the time I got off work. And I said, you know what? I'm going home. I was in bed at 830. Um, That's how early I went to bed. I woke up to text messages about teams that are airing up basketballs and getting ready for basketball season from from a buddy of mine. But, uh, you know, as we talk about this regional championship and matchups, there was only one team – in all of the games that went on, there was only one team that put up 70 points. And that was in 6A. Yeah, that was in 6A. I mean, it's not six, well, not 6A. Uh, it was, no, excuse it, me. It was 6A Division One. It wasn't was it in 6A Division One. It wasn't in 6-man. And that's kind of where man. you expect it, right? Right, right. And that's where I was going with that. So, yeah, I mean, there's uh, – the six man scores from, and we'll touch on that for a little bit while we're on the subject. Um, you know, six man scores are usually 60, 70, 80, and even a hundred points, you know, scored in a, in a single football game by one team. I'm not talking about combined. Um, you know, we saw 85 and a hundred points, uh, the week of Thanksgiving over there in, uh, six man division two. Um, and then we turn around this following week, and didn't get any of them that scored over 63, I believe, in six-man. And, yeah, we go over to 6A, and that was the only team was Duncanville scored 70 on Westfield. Yeah, Duncan, Duncanville put a 70 spot up against Westfield Saturday and uh, was trying to pull that up. But, yeah, 70-28 was the final in that game and uh, just totally kind of shocked me. Not Not Duncanville putting up 70. I think it was more of a shock that – None of the six A schools got to seventy, or excuse me, six man schools even got to seventy this week and this right. last week. And that's what really shocked me. Whenever I sat back and I looked at it, and I was like, "Man, that is absolutely crazy!" And and um, we rodeoed all weekend, so I didn't get to do a whole bunch of research all weekend long. I did get to watch some scores, but um, then. Today at work, pretty busy, but I did get to go in and check some scores and, and kind of what went on and uh, read a few highlights here and there. But, uh, yeah, that just kind of shocked me. Not, not like I say, not that it wasn't a shock that Duncanville putting putting up 70 against my wife's alma mater, Spring Westfield. It was more that the six-man did not put above 70 points up. So, And their state championship matchup is this week. Yeah. So uh, for six man, yeah, for six man, is. yeah, six man state championship games this weekend. Um, trying to get it all pulled up to see. Yeah, I've got it. Uh, Division two, uh, Benjamin will play Oglesby. Okay. For Division two six man state title, um, and then in Division one you've got Westbrook and Gordon. Uh, you know, uh, it's kind of good to see some uh, a mix this year and not seeing your your normal six-man schools up in the championships game of course gordon's got a, a good history but uh you know jones jonesboro losing and uh you know may has been in that championship mix the last few years not in there also 
um, Richland Springs in Division Two not in it this year, which is usually a team that is normally, you know, in that championship game. But uh, a good mix in six-man football. And I suggest if any of our listeners have not seen a six-man football game, tune in for those state championship games. There will be a lot of fun. Something I'm definitely going to try to keep an eye on this weekend is I, I don't have anything going. Although there <laughs> – and and let let me clarify that. I don't have anything going, anything scheduled except for to watch high school football Thursday, Friday, and uh see what I can get into Saturday. So uh got a lot of good football coming up this weekend in the state semifinals and a lot of games that are close to us right here in southeast Texas, New Caney, uh, the Woodlands has a game or two. So looking forward to all that. But let's run down some of these games that went on this last week. A big one down there at NRG, Port Natchez Groves and Huntsville. Huntsville making their big run into the playoffs this year. 24-14, a final over there. PNG going to the semifinals. Uh, looking forward to seeing what they can do this week. Uh, PNG, that is. Uh, yes. Huntsville, what a great season they've had. As young as a football team is what they are, and I kind of touched on it last week, and I didn't realize how young they were until Toby was telling me about it. But um, that was that's that's a team that we're going to have to put on our radar and put on the whiteboard for this off season to keep an eye on as we get ready in August when we really start talking high school football again, and it's narrowing down to getting the season kicked off as a team that we really need to keep an eye on to to probably make another big run in the playoffs like they did this year. Yeah, and it's a good possibility that they might do that. Another good game that went on was literally 45 minutes from the house, Belleville and Jasper. And uh, Toby got on that Belleville kick, and and I agreed with him. And after and we sure. talked about it last week in our podcast here on the 590 Sports Show at Texas Podcast Media. But we, we talked about Jasper and, and the amount of points that they've given up and the lack of, lack of defense that they've had overall. And uh, that was a concern that I had whenever I looked at this game with the amount of points that Belleville had been putting up. And Belleville defeated Jasper 31-7 was the final in that football game over in 4A Division Two, And uh, it's quite interesting. Go ahead. It was. I mean, but you, if you were scoreboard watching during, during uh, Friday night, Jasper hung with them uh, for a while. Yep. And uh, I think until around the halftime and then after halftime, uh, Belleville kind of pulled away. But, um, you know, I said it last week that, you know, this it was probably the week that Jasper was going to drop out of the playoffs and it held true. But, you know, Jasper has nothing, absolutely nothing to hang their head about because they had an absolute stunning year uh, considering the district that they're in and the deepest, you know, they made the deepest run out of anyone in that district. And so, actually they defeated know, Quero the week before who had knocked off the number two team in their district. Exactly. So, I mean, Jasper really, I mean, put things together when, the, when it counted and, you know, to, to make it past Thanksgiving and playing after Thanksgiving is an undertaking in itself. And, you know, uh, you got to applaud, uh, you know, Jasper for what they've been able to do. No, most definitely. They and they hit their peak and their in their the toughness of their schedule hit at the right time, right, Trent? As they absolutely they had Hampshire Finette or Western Star, Hampshire Finette and, and Silsby. Like I mean, just right there all together, and uh, 
and then from there they they peaked even though they lost by one to Silsby it just kind of sets the tempo as you're going into the into the playoffs and and, and play such really good football teams that you got to play to get to where you are and, and who's not to say that you know you can't say that Jasper had the easier road through the playoffs because you no. you had a three seed playing a two seed in the in the by district round right then you had they had I forget who they had in the second round but then they had Quero right Quero. I, well beating Quero was the was the statement game for them yes it really was yeah. and to to say hey we you know we came into the playoffs kind of as an underdog and they did. Um, you know, I don't think either one of them, either one of us thought they were going to make it past area. And a lot of people probably didn't either, but they did. And then they turned around and beat Quero, who beat Hampshire Finette the week before, like he said earlier. I mean, it's just, uh, so, I mean, they did a great job. You can't, you can't take anything away from the Bulldogs. No, you can't take nothing away from them at all. It was really, it was good. And uh, I was excited to see them get to where they did and uh, against a really good Belleville team. And uh, I'm looking forward to Belleville's matchup this week. We had two – well, we talked about it last week. Overall, there was 11 district matchups in the regional yeah. championships. But down here in our area, uh, one of them that went on in district, which ended up being a regional championship match, was Lorena and Franklin down at 3A Division One. Lorena had beat Franklin back in the regular yeah, season. To bring this one up. And, and Franklin, with their stable of backs, come in and defeat Lorena. 49-27 was the final up there in Hutto. And I don't want to say that I called that one, but but I did. <laughs> like, I knew, I like, Lorena, I knew and during, the, during the regular season, I knew Lorena had the best chance of beating Franklin. They did, right? Yep. And last week when we were talking about this this matchup, I was like, I am not going to bet against Franklin in the playoffs. And and sure enough, they get their revenge and beat Lorena last week. I was watching that game closely on the scoreboard. And I, I you know, just, just how Franklin was scoring, I knew how that game was going to go. No, I agree. And we had a, we had a bird's eye view of Franklin just, you know, last, I say last week few weeks ago in the uh, area round of the playoffs right. when Franklin and Shepard played. And uh, we both did that game. So we had a bird's eye view of what Franklin had and the stable of backs that they had. And, and you know, um, I think that with where Franklin is now, they're obviously playing in the semifinals and, and they're set up in a in a very good position to uh, possibly, possibly win another state title. And it's going to be interesting here in seven days from today, what we're going to be talking about as far as the state matchups, yeah. you know, that's coming on some more games that was in three, a division one that, um, we haven't, you know, really talked about. We talked about that Brock and paradise game and how that could have went either way. But, uh, Brock got the one win there 21 to seven and Blanco defeated Edna, uh, excuse me, Edna, Edna defeated Blanco 55-13 last week. And in a game that we were both keeping an eye on for our good buddy up there in Winsboro, as he is now ready for softball season, Winsboro falls to Malakoff 58-20. to 
Well, good run for Winsboro. We, you know, we've been keeping an eye on them uh, pretty much all year, and we knew that they had a, a pretty good football team just ba based on what Joe had been able to tell us and the wins that they've been able to get on their road to this regional final. And unfortunately, coming up a little bit short uh, against Malakoff. Malakoff is a, a team and um, a town that we hear often in the playoffs, right? So, um, you know, another good run for Winsboro. Um, we're we're going to see, you know, some story names brock is another one i yeah. mean I, it, it could be shape up to be another uh franklin brock championship who knows uh but that 3a division one uh state championship game is is uh is another one that's going to be really good and fun to watch no it's definitely going to be fun to watch and, and one that i'm really really going to keep an eye on and, and and we stay close to that 3a division one right because of where we're at and and uh with our schools that we broadcast, right? Uh, we we keep right. a keep a tight eye on all of those, and uh, so I'm really really interested in all of that, and, and with what what's going to happen, and you know we'll talk about the 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 semifinal matchups and where they're at here a little bit later on in the show, but uh, definitely out of that three A level, three uh, A Division one, definitely some games that I'm really keeping an eye on. As you jump out and over into three division two, region one, Canada defeated Wall thirty one to twelve. Gunner over Jacksboro fifty five thirty three and Dangerfield over Newton forty two twenty one. Trent, as a game you got to do over at the Tomato Bowl. We're gonna talk about it when we come back here on the five nine N Sports Show you're listening to here on Texas Podcast Media. Howdy folks, Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. And welcome back to the 590 Sports Show here in the hot box with Craig Irwin, Trent Hart at Texas Podcast Media. And uh, getting a little feedback not much but uh if if y'all are hearing it at home while you're listening to this podcast just know that we really work hard to try to get that good crisp sound coming across with no nothing no reverb or anything like that on there so uh sometimes we just can't help it and uh tonight is one of those nights we've done everything we know to do and we're still getting a little bit of that echo back so for those of y'all that are listening that y'all can hear it we you know appreciate y'all tuning in but yet uh also uh we apologize for any kind of technical difficulties that we may have that are out of our control at this point in time but uh one thing i want to talk about before we get into that newton game is uh last week in our podcast that was the biggest podcast that we had as far as downloads in a 24 hour period trent yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, we kind of knew 
that you know I don't want to say we, we knew that it was going to be uh, the best you know downloaded one that we've done um, but we knew it was a good one whenever we were done with it and uh, you know we had a lot of good uh, conversations the you know the, the in-depth conversation that we had about uh, the Brownwood Lions and uh, their history and, and what they've been able to, you know, uh, stand for as far as, uh, you know, that program is concerned. Uh, an update on Brownwood, they fall to Decatur uh, this this last week in the regional final. Um, I think there was four seconds left on the clock and Decatur scored a touchdown right there at the end and uh, broke Brownwood's heart. But, uh, you know, Brownwood's uh, football program on the right track uh, there was there was other great stuff that we talked about too last week and if you haven't had a chance to go and uh listen to that podcast i urge everybody to please go and do so no most definitely if you go through there whether it's on apple or spotify but it's it's episode 15 um and, and just so y'all know january the episode numbers will start over but uh, that was episode 15 of 2023, and uh, so definitely go look at it. But we doubled our numbers and the initial downloads, and then 24 hours, it was just unbelievable. Our initial downloads, whenever I wake up in the morning, there's normally 18 to 25 downloads, and we have 46. Just from the time I uploaded it and then went to bed and then got up, so... Um, that was pretty intriguing. And then within 24 hours, we were, we had broke a hundred just that quick and, and it's steadily climbing even today as, um, it's hard to break it down because of the way the analytics are. Um, I have my analytics on the RSS feed that I have, and then we have analytics on Apple podcast. So you got to take the two and combine them together but we're somewhere about 700 downloads just off of that podcast. So it's just absolutely unbelievable the the amount of viewership that we got off of it. And we, I just wanted to tell everybody thank you um, that, you know, being able to do a game with a story program that, that obviously Trent knew a lot about, I didn't know about, much about as I stay down here in the southeast Texas, but Trent being raised up right there outside of uh, Brownwood, uh, he was able to bring a lot and it was a bucket list game for him. And we're just checking the bucket list off left and right in his aspect. But the other bucket list stadium was that we had talked about last week was going to the tomato bowl. And I was like, so fired up about going it. And then work made a 90 degree turn on me this week. And, uh, but you got to go down there and do the danger Hill Newton game, Trent. Yeah. And you talk about, uh, you know, technical difficulties. It didn't start off great. Right. We, we get all set up there in, in Jacksonville um, and uh, didn't get the pregame on, but we were uh, able to get live and, you know, streaming by around coin flip. And we were able to talk a little bit. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, we were able to uh, simulcast that game with SETX Sports. Uh, John Meek over there, he normally calls for the Newton Eagles, uh, sat down when they did the play-by-play. And uh, we were broadcasting on the NFHS network and we were broadcasting on SETX Sports, which was super cool. Um, you know, it's it's the beauty about uh, being in the, the uh, broadcast industry here in Southeast Texas. We all kind of help each other out. And, you know, when you and I found out that we did football broadcasting, 
you know, that's how you and I met and, and well, we hit it off, you know, after meeting through softball channels and stuff, but, uh, you know, the connections that we've been able to make through the broadcasting here in Southeast Texas has been really great. And, uh, you know, going down to the tomato bowl and doing that game with them was a great experience and, uh, something that, uh, I'm going to remember for sure, because that, uh, ball game was really good starting off. It was back and forth, uh, through the first and second quarters. And then things kind of changed a little bit. Dangerfield was a little bit more aggressive. They were definitely more physical. Newton couldn't get anything going offensively and they took over the football game. And, you know, and, you know, I think you had told me when we talked this morning that you said that they were, um, they have met each other three times, right? Or six times. They were three and three. Six times. They're yeah. three and three. They, they split their series uh, right down the middle. And, uh, you know, Newton and Dangerfield have very similar state appearances, state titles, uh, playoff wins, playoff appearances, all that stuff, right? Right. Um, they're, they're very similar. And their play style is similar as well. Um, but it just seemed that in this particular game, Dangerfield had the edge, and especially when it came to the upperclassmen. Right. Well, and you had told me that that Newton has a freshman running back that is, yeah, was what a little over a thousand yards rushing on the season. Yeah, I mean that, and that was something I told uh, told John during the broadcast, and and those that were watching is like, if you're a Newton Eagle fan, you've got to be very comfortable in knowing that you've got a freshman running back that rushed for over a thousand yards. And your senior quarterback, who also ran for, I think, 1,400 yards on the season, for them to split that and that freshman running back to carry the load that the way he did, you know, their future is intact. And, you know, the Newton Eagles, it's not about uh, rebuilding. It's reloading with them, right? We've talked about that before, too. Yeah, and, and it's something that they've been doing for a number of years is just absolutely reloading and, and running the style offense much like uh, Marlin did that we had seen the week before. Uh, against Tioga, splitting the splitting the duties between quarterback running, throwing, and and then the read option right, and uh, getting the ball to his tailback. So having having that dual threat there between your quarterback and and, and a running back and stuff, and we talk about that at the three A Division two level as we go back and we think about. Franklin, right, coming up in, in their stable of running backs that they have, you know, running the slot T, and it, and it's all done the same way on the ground. It's just a little bit different formation and and the amount of running backs that you have. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Newton's end comes to a roll. Come, Newton's roll comes to an end with a loss to Dangerfield, forty-two twenty-one. Uh, they're out of Region Three, uh, but Ty Tidehaven defeated Poth 34-28, and it's going to set up for a great matchup this week uh, on Thursday night down here really close to the house in uh, New Caney. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and we're going to talk about all them games here in a little bit as we progress on through the 590 Sports Show. And if you have any questions, comments, or anything that, find us on Facebook, 590 Sports. Give us a like, give us a share over there. We are like three likes away from 8,000 on facebook so it's uh it's getting close you know to kind of hit that milestone oh, you're, you're I, I, killing it on facebook 
I, well, last week helped a bunch, right? That one little pitcher that I didn't expect to do anything that went Texas viral, that was just absolutely unbelievable. Over 2,000 likes and over 240 shares, I think, is what that thing ended up having. And it's still there. It's still rolling. So uh, it's a pretty good deal. Let's jump up to kind of bouncing around. Let's jump up 6A Division One and uh, talk about those scores. This, we, we've just pretty much shot from the hip this week, and we talked about it last week is – we kind of put a game plan together and then we all agree on it. And then we just kind of roll with however we end up rolling with it. <laughs> so, but in 6A Division One, you had North Crowley defeated Allen 49 37. We talked about that Duncanville game over in Region Two. They defeated Spring Westfield 70 28. Region Three, North Shore defeats Atascacita. This was another one of those games that was a rematch from the regular season. And uh, North Shore. Come out on top, about the same score. I'd have to go back and look it up, but 34-28 was a final there over Atascacita as they dropped them off. And then Austin Westlake defeated Lake Travis 21-14. And, you know, everything but that Duncanville game was uh, more realistic numbers, right? Yeah, it was. So as you go through there and look at it, and I think we're on a crash course for – uh, North Shore and Duncanville to uh, possibly see each other in the state championship game, but we still have to get through the uh, state semifinals. So still, I mean, you're down to the final four. So it's uh, yeah, those are those are that six A Division One. Those are those are big time games, right? Duncanville, North Crowley, North Shore, Westlake. Um, Either one of those games would be would be uh, you know it'd be a good good one to go to. And I mean, if it does set up to be a North Shore versus Duncanville in the championship, it's going to be hard for me to stay away from that. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to have the big screen on at the house and probably because uh, that's going to be a Saturday game, Saturday night game, seven o'clock kick probably. Uh, that game's going to be on the TV at the house, and that's what I'm going to be doing is uh watching that football game yeah, will be yeah so uh probably throw some more derbs on the on the countertop and and uh sit back it's probably gonna be a, a friday night and saturday all watching high school football here at, at my house and in the studios that here at text podcast media so um that's that's more than likely what i'm gonna do and and uh that that weekend so but we still got some games that are close to us this week so uh, the, me and Case are going to hit the road. Uh, jumping down to six A Division two, South Lake Carroll defeated uh, Trophy Club Nelson fifty six to seven. DeSoto continues their ways, defeating Cedar Hill fifty nine sixteen. Summer Creek defeats Fort Bend High Tire thirty five thirty one. Close game there, uh, and Cioblo Steel defeats Stripping Springs twenty eight twenty one. So looking forward to the semifinal games there out of 6a division two and uh as we as we uh get on we'll talk about them i think we've already hit all the 5a division one and division two games that there were out there i think we i know we hit the 5a division two we'll go back through 5a division one but alito defeated abilene 56 21 forney over lancaster double overtime 43 20 41 was the final there as forney gets that win and I knew that happened as uh, I follow one of the coaches on TikTok. He's got a TikTok channel, 
and uh, does pretty good. So a uh, day in the life of a Texas high school football coach. And so uh, got to see a lot of that. A&M Consolidated gets beat out by Smithson Valley. 31-24 was the final. And then Brownsville Veterans Memorial, 35. Corpus Christi Miller, 28 was the final there. And uh, did we touch on 4A Division One, Trent? I did whenever we were talking about Brownwood a while ago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you can't – I mean, go ahead. Like uh, Brownwood, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, falls to, to Decatur in the final seconds, 38-35 to 35 over there. Um, the, the, another game that we talked about, Stephenville and Anna. Uh, Anna actually defeats Stephenville. Got that game pretty handedly, 41-21 to 21 over Stephenville. Yeah. Yeah, but- and that was a – I expected that game to be closer. A good friend of mine has a podcast, uh, The Final Drive. Uh, it's over the pig industry, the pork industry and everything and, and showing and stuff. They have a podcast. Anyway, he, call, he called me Monday or Tuesday and said, so how good is Brownville? And I said, y'all got to get by Anna first. And uh, he said, I know. He said, but he's no, I said Brownville. I meant Brownwood. And I said, man, I said, that was that was a fun game to call, a good, fun football team to watch and, and very classy. And, and we talked about that for a little bit. But uh, – Anna, or excuse me, Stephenville drops to Anna, as I said, 41-21 was the final there. Tyler Chapel Hill, team that Toby said was going to peak at the right time, and that's exactly what they've done. As they're moving on to the semifinals, they defeated Kilgore. 21-19 was the final, and this was one of them district rematches, right, that we talked about. And uh, the guys over at NETS, uh, Northeast Texas Sports, uh, network. They do a podcast. They cover Tyler Chapel Hill pretty heavy. I encourage you to go over there and see Brent and them and uh, listen to their podcast. They do a really good job. I listen to them each and every week. They got an app out there you can download. They do a pick'ems all the way through the playoffs and uh, really, really a fun little app to go to. And then over in Region 4, San Antonio Davenport 55, Port Lavaca Calhoun 20 was the final there in that football game. I'm going to drop down to 4A Division Two because I feel like we've missed a couple games that were over there as we were running down just kind of the local scores. But Glenn Rose defeated Canyon West Plains 45-13. Gilmer defeats Carthage in overtime 47-44. And this was a game that you and I talked about. Another uh, overtime a, a, game. Yeah, and we talked about it a good bit, good bit in last week's podcast. I couldn't remember the score. I was going to bring it up earlier. But um, we felt that that game could go either way. And was this going to be the year that Carthage got knocked out of the playoffs early on? And I say earlier in the regional finals. And sure enough, Gilmer uh, defeats Carthage. And looking forward to that. But here's out of Region 4, a team that I brought up a couple weeks ago, how it's like we just can't ever get away from them, can't ever quit and not talking about them as Wimberley. They defeated Sitton yeah. 38-13 there in 4A Division Two. So uh, a lot of a lot of really good games in the in the regional matchups, regional finals. Uh I been enjoying sitting back looking at the scores here and uh, of all of these games. I wish I could make it to all of them, you know, at least one of these teams and, and be able to see more than what we get to see. So um, but really good round of regional matchup football so we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about 
We're going to talk about the semifinal games that are coming up, and as well as we may dip into a little district realignment talk here on the 590 Sports Show at Texas Podcast Media. We'll be back right after this. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Howdy folks, Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. And welcome back to the 590 Sports Show, powered by Texas Podcast Media and your good friends over at Randy's Rubs, randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Get out there and get that gift pack. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And uh, Bullfrog Environmental, let's not forget about those guys. And uh, got got a little something-something working on those guys with some sweatshirts and Bullfrog Environmental for uh, – the five nine in sports show. So uh, don't know what we're going to put on it. Don't know if we're going to put the hot box or leave the, we we'll see you at the game or, or whatever, but we are in the hot box here on Monday night, every Monday night recording our podcast and uh, throwing it down. But uh, Trent, we talked about it. I, I, I made a post on social media and it's absolutely went stupid viral. Uh, is viral. Texas viral, yes. As, as we put it, as we put it this morning, yeah, Texas viral is what it is. So I was I was looking at it a while ago, and and I just wanted to kind of see the stats of where this thing is. It's had a hundred and or one point six k likes and a hundred and ninety four shares since I posted this Friday, but right before kickoff. And right. the cool deal was go to five ninety nine sports on Facebook. You can go there. You can go to texaspodcastmedia.com. Click on the five ninety nine sports show tab. I put it there as well. Scroll down. You'll be able to see it. But uh, the Brownwood football team, whenever they showed up to Crowley ISD stadium on their, on their charter buses, they got off the bus and, and walked out onto the field and, and we were watching the PNG game. Right. And it, everything just kind of stopped when they walked out. They walked from one end of the field to the other. And uh, which is pretty normal, right? Most football teams kind of do that. They walk out there, they look at the field. They, but the cool yeah, thing. They walk at, they, it's like a pregame ritual that they do. And yeah. Yeah. The coolest thing about it was, is every one of them were in khaki pants, white shirt, tie, and a maroon blazer for Brownwood, every football player was. And so they walked out there and and, and walked to the north end zone and then back to the goal line of the north end zone, kneeled down, took a prayer, and I took a picture of it, and I put it on social media, and it's just absolutely went, like you said, Texas viral. And uh, probably the biggest post I've ever had on social media with, with 
that amount of following with the amount of shares and all that good stuff. So go check it out and share it. We want to get up to like over like 250 shares. So my point being in all of this is, is like, this is tradition. It's one of the things that I've always talked about and, and looked at, and I've said it around cold spring and, and stuff. Whenever I was going to school in, in junior high, and then I remember in high school, you know, game day, you wore a button down collared shirt and a tie. And I don't think, I can't remember if they made us wear khakis just, or, or if we could wear just our regular blue jeans, but we were going to be in a button down shirt with a tie on. There wasn't no wearing your Jersey, uh, through the hallways or anything like that. You know, the football team, the basketball team on the boys side, I can speak for and I, this was in new Caney. That's what we had to wear. That's what we represented, you know, and, and they expected the athletes to be a step above of what everybody else was. You, you follow what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And that's, that's something that uh, has kind of got lost over time. I mean, like you said, the 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 normal over the last, I would say, probably two decades uh, was more wearing the jersey uh, and walking around all day at school and so on and so forth for the majority of football teams around the state, uh, or at least that's what I've seen. There are, out, there are some out there, obviously, that made some comments on your post that would disagree that more that more do that, but this was the first time that uh, you had been able that you've seen a team walk out in a blazer, uh, collared shirt, tie, and, and khakis uh, at least since we've been doing playoff games, uh, and since you have, and uh, you know that's that's something that the Brownwood Lions have been able to uh, ingrain in their tradition and have been doing it for a very long time. They've been doing it ever since um, I was going to school. Uh, for sure, maybe probably even before that, from my understanding. Um, but I, I actually went to school. I was 10 miles up the road from Brownwood, which is one of the reasons why we were at this football game. I was there for Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, it was a two-and-a-half-hour drive for me, a three-hour drive for you. So, I mean, it was kind of a a, a given. And a big thanks out to, you know, Texan Live and, and Ashley Nickel and all those guys over there for giving us the opportunity to do this football game and be able, being able to witness this type of tradition. And, uh, but the real, the real reason that it has gone, you know, Texas viral, your post, is because, you know, that kind of tradition is lost in today's youth. And to be able to go out there and look sharp and then also be respectful of the game and just the overwhelming support that it, people have shown on the comments that just shows how much that is well-liked and how much we need to get back to that type of tradition. No, I agree with you a thousand percent. And and I go back and I've surprisingly, and I was telling you this before we, before we started recording, but I've had several people reach out to me via messenger, you know, on social media, on Facebook and stuff after making this post, sending me some articles and stuff. And I took some pieces out that kind of really stood out to me that coach Burnett put in in this. And I've learned a bunch more about the Brownwood lines through all of this. And, uh, it's, it's a God thing in my opinion. Right. And 
one, my passion for high school football, but yet two, being able to get this stuff and, and seeing, you know, those kids take a knee at the end zone and say a prayer and everything else that really builds a lot of hope and faith in my heart. Uh, but so this, this, this is all coming from a newspaper article, uh, or that was printed online that, that I'm going to quote. And it, and it says tradition to me, this is coach Burnett, uh, Barnett talking it says tradition to me is the lifestyle. It's the walk. It's how you do what you do. Coach Burnett said, I want our kids to take ownership and pride in who they are, who they are and where they are from. Tradition is the community. And there's that's pretty powerful right there, in my opinion. Absolutely. And it goes on. It says the old look of the program will be returning to our to the field as well. But it's not just a stylic change for appearance sake. Coach Barnett says, I want people to relate. I want our kids to understand the roots. I want the dad to relate to the son. And I think a lot of a lot of it is the image. We talk about culture, we talk about history, we talk about Coach Wood, but there's no bridge between Coach Wood and our kids today. They walk by these statues out there and there's not a ton of meaning to them. And because I don't know that anybody put any meaning to it because they're not from here. Not knocking those other guys, but this is where I'm from and these are the roots. So what I didn't know was Coach Burnett went to school there in Brownwood, graduated from right. there. And and I, what I'm fixing to read is I learned through all of this stuff that was sent to me was his brother won a state championship playing football there. They moved from Brownwood. His family did for two years, and he was like, he did not think that he was ever going to get that opportunity to win a state title under those coaches like right. his brother did because they moved away. It, they moved back. He didn't win a state title, but yet he graduated from there. And now all of those traditions that he had whenever he was an athlete there at Brownwood, he is rolling straight back into these kids where many of their parents played football, you know, and played sports. Uh, so, and he, and he specifies in this article, he's not just talking about football. He's talking about anybody who puts on a Brownwood uniform having that pride right. and that tradition it says right. it goes on to say almost on the verge of tears several times during this interview, coach Burnett blames it on the lack of sleep that is possible, but it's also quite likely due to an overwhelming scene of pride and respect for the position he has been given. The history of the Lions football program is very real to Burnett as he talks about his time as a player and what it means to, to be the head coach of a storied team. And uh, he, he goes on to say, I would never put myself in the same sentence as Gordon would, but I have the same opportunity to make an impact on the kids like he did. Coach Burnett, uh, Coach Burnett said, I think I can do a lot of that. And if I do the, re- if I do the rewards will come and they will come from 25 year old men that went through the program and want their kids to go through the, go through the program. So it really good. And, and I could go on and read a lot more on that, but you know, it's just bringing that tradition back alive and, and well, rebuilding to a left. Yeah. Rebuilding that, kind of rebuilding that and, and, and 
and stealing it for further years down the road, right? And uh, just to elaborate for for those listening, uh, and while we're we're kind of going over Brownwood's uh, tradition and history, and then that interview that Coach Burnett said, who is the coach now and AD for the Brownwood Lions, he refers to uh, Coach Gordon Wood quite a bit. And for those who don't know Coach, coach Gordon Wood, uh, one of the most winningest coaches in Texas high school football history, 393 total wins. I think that's fourth uh, overall in the, in the history of uh, overall for coaches. Um, and also uh, tied for the most state championships with nine. Gordon Wood won two of them with Stanford, uh, I believe, back in the uh, late 50s or somewhere in that range. I have to go back and look, but he won two with Stanford, and then he won seven uh, with the Brownwood Lions. So and he's, he's the, one of four coaches that won state championships in two different decades in two different programs. Right, right. And that's, uh, you know, so Coach Gordon, Gordon Wood, I mean, the, the stadium there in Brownwood's named after him. Um, the, the the deep roots of, of football trace back to that. And those seven, seven state titles, uh, they got seven stars on the on the flag that they that they use during their games. Uh, that's that's what it stands for. Also, uh, like I said, I grew up you know ten miles down the road, and I heard about Brownwood Line football my entire life. And um, you know, it's it was a really a bucket list football game for me to be able to do uh, this past week, and uh, it was a pleasure doing it. I mean, and growing up in a football family, you know, even my my grandfather uh, Graham Hart coached in May, which was also just right up the road from Brownwood. Uh, during that same era, won a state title. Uh, coaching six man and for the May Tigers. And uh, even then uh, during all of that, you know, that was going on, we still heard about Brownwood line football and uh, you know, it's, it just, it's a, it's a great tradition and they, uh, they celebrate football over there. Like, you know, nobody you would ever think of uh, in the state of Texas. And uh, you know, it's just, a, it's, it's a fun story and it was a fun uh, game for us to be able to do this past Friday. No, it really was. I had no clue what I was getting into, honestly. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just. I should being, have warned you a you, little bit more. You should have, and you kind of halfway tried to, Trent. But I, I just, I was like, okay. And you know, I, not to sound like I've, I'm, I'm gray or anything like that because I'm not. But I've done so many games. You know what I mean? It's like you go to a game, and it's like it's a. It's really at the end of the day, it's another football game is the way I kind of look at it. I love football. I love high school football. I love high school sports. And and I, I have a huge passion for it. And, and I, the traditions that like PNG, right, what they do there. And, and now going up there to doing this game, wasn't expecting to see what I've seen and, and being able to see that. And it was something so small really and truly, but yet it was so big and so impactful. And I hope and I pray that there's more coaches out there that's going to see that social media post and or maybe listen to this podcast and, and, and hear what we're talking about. The amount of support, when you start building tradition like that, the amount of community support you get. Like I was reading on a post uh, over the weekend where – there were some businesses, two businesses that went in together and bought the ties, sponsored the ties for this week for the kids to wear. That That's like that 
community support that all programs need. And if you go back and you look at the successful football programs that are making deep runs year in and year out in the playoffs, they have that community support. So it's kind of like you just want to, you want to, I want to challenge those, those head football coaches and ADs, you know, do what you got to do to get the, get that community support. Right. But be, what you're talking about, right? And, and, and it goes such a long way. It goes such a long way, and this is for any team in any town in the state of Texas that that uh, enjoys high school football. It goes a long way with these kids. Yes. Whenever they see the community involvement, when they see those stands full, when they see them cheering, and when they see them, you know, just uh, you know, marking on the the front store windows with the the whatever their mascot is, you know, number one, all those good, that's, that's another tradition that I don't see near as often as I used to, yes. um, or the, you know, those type of things. And it, seeing that makes them believe because if the community believes the kids are going to believe, and then that transitions over into these, uh, these towns and these schools that have been able to do this year in and year out is because of that kind of support. I agree a thousand percent. And, and you, you hit it on the head right there and uh, they got to believe in their self. And, and, you know, that was for uh, several years ago, that was something that you seen on a bunch of their warm up, uh, their athletic gear was believe and, and, and stuff. And we got to get back to them believing in, in themselves and the community, believing in the kids and the program as well. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to backtrack and talk about something that happened Friday that we haven't mentioned yet. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to reveal that bucket list stadium that we're going to go to. You're listening to the five nine N sports show on Texas podcast media. We'll be back right after this. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Howdy folks, Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. <laughs> 